was right, the podcast where we look at movies and TV show from the villain's perspective and dare to ask, were they really all that bad? I'm your host, Craig Fay, And I'm your host, Rebecca Reeds. And this week on the podcast, we are joined by a very special guest, Yao Atua, hilarious stand-up comic, good friend of the podcast. Welcome back, Yao. Oh, I'm so stoked to be back here. I, uh... <laughs> Uh, I, 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 I think the last time I was here, we talked Willy Wonka and four days afterwards, people would listen to their podcast. I'd never had my Twitter pull up so much. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, so you heard it. You were like the expert. You were the man of Willy Wonka. You knew everything. I, I came in there loaded. I, uh, it was like a movie that I had seen repeatedly over and over. I didn't need to rewatch anything. Uh, you're just like, come talk Willy Wonka. And it was like, were you in my brain? <laughs> That's uh, great. And and so now uh, we're, we're having you back. And we are, of course, this week, you've read the, the episode title, everybody. We don't need to tell you. It's Field of Dreams. Oh Field of my. Dreams. So yeah, whenever we do have a guest, we do like to ask, what's your relationship with this movie? Uh, I remember watching this movie when I was younger going, eh, it's kind of boring. I was young at the time. Yeah. The same age as Karen was who was acting in the movie. Uh, and then growing up, I was like, uh, there's some things I like about it. Now that I'm a little bit more grown up and woke, ooh, ooh, I some, I have some fiery, like, it feels like undeserved venom towards this movie. Because um, <laughs> it feels like one of those things are like, well, we're doing the best we can, but I'm like, oh. Yeah. Are you, well, but it also stems from my like relationship with baseball, which is not the best. I do not have a great relationship with baseball. I, I know there's some people going to hate me for that, but uh, I'm not. Your boy, yeah, is not the biggest fan of baseball, mostly structurally, not the sport itself. I'm sure it's fun to play. I'm also very bad at baseball, but. <laughs> oh, dude, me too. Yeah. One time my dad was like, hey, do you remember when you were playing baseball? And I was like, yeah. And he starts to laugh. He goes, you were so terrible. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was though, to be fair. <laughs> I, my, one of my best friends growing up, for one year, I stopped playing soccer and I played baseball because my mom was like, well, if you really want to play baseball, we play baseball. And I played baseball for a year and I was not good. It was, it was not good. I went right back to soccer. Uh, and then recently, one of my friend, my friend who convinced me to play baseball was like, yeah, you were not good at baseball. I was like, stop it. I am not. Like, he's like, when you connected with the ball, it was great. But you only did that like three times. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> Your aim is horrible. If yeah. you didn't need aim in this game, you'd yeah. be right. I am, like, surprise, surprise, also very terrible at baseball. I played yeah. for one season. My team won the championship in spite of me. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I got a single hit all season. And uh, I was mostly terrified of the ball. So, like, uh, I was kind of hoping, like, we did, like, schedule you specifically for this one, but I was sort of hoping that you'd maybe be, like, a baseball expert. Uh, I, when it comes to watching the sport of baseball and, like, tidbits and facts, <laughs> sure, Cool. Yeah. I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you about the Padres at the time of recorders, recording this. Finally got their first no-hitter. The okay, last so major league team to do that. I can tell you about like uh, Negro League records finally be counted as major league records. I'm a big Josh Gibson fan, so I can tell you stuff about it. But Oh, good. So you are actually a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually a fan. I'm just very bad at it. I, as I said, my relationship with baseball isn't the game is structurally my problem. I have a problem right. with this structurally. Like I, I think there's most games are meaningless and like, and the Yankees ruin sports. Like, and, and <laughs> okay. So I didn't so, hate the Yankees so much. I'd have a Yankees cap, but all my, all my West coast hats are Dodger caps. Yeah. Okay, so yes, you are a baseball. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. you know vastly more. Like, like my level of expectation was. I think I've seen Yao wear a baseball hat before, so I bet <laughs> <laughs> probably knows I'm not. And you're obviously showing up with a Toronto, uh, a modified Toronto Blue Jays jersey today. Yeah, I, uh, at this advertising agency I worked at, I uh, years ago uh, there was a dead raccoon. Um, on Church Street and people built, like made a little vigil for the raccoon around it because there yeah. was like this ongoing story. It was 311 was like, can you please pick up this dead animal? And they took virtually all day and basically the next day to pick it up. And so like, as the day went on, there was more and more like 
things to honor this dead raccoon until the point there was like 20 some odd candles and it became like a blog to thing which is dating me back if you can remember it so our agency which was like basically three blocks away from it made a bunch of like toronto raccoon shirts because they're like this is the most popular thing in toronto so like the designers on our team threw this together and then sold a bunch of them in the office. It looks great. It's it's the Toronto Blue Jays uh, logo, but replaced with a raccoon. It looks absolutely fucking dope. I love it. It is. It uh, is. I wanted to wear this. I, I, I fished it out knowing that I was going to be on talking about Field of Dreams in baseball and my relationship for baseball. And it was like, again, I was like, are you in my head? Because you, you, you got me with Willy Wonka and now you're yeah. getting me here with my... <laughs> My spicy baseball takes. Uh, yeah, so I guess maybe for those people who haven't seen the movie, Rebecca, how would you describe the plot of this movie? So basically, a man slowly losing his mind. Um, <laughs> slowly losing his mind puts his entire uh, family's lives almost at risk, or the, the I, I don't know, like their, where the they livelihood, live. for sure. Yeah, yeah, their livelihood. They put their livelihood at risk because he's hearing voices in his head so he can see ghost baseball players and finally forgive himself for saying one bad comment before his dad died, which I think we're going to dive into that. Yeah. Um, basically, we get into he he makes he plows his field. He's a farmer, by the way. That's very important in the plot. Yeah, his farmer plows most of his uh, most of his field, most of his wealth. OK, what he could have made for his family to make a baseball field. So ghost baseball players show up. That's what he does. His family is very supportive of this dream. And the villain of this movie is the man that's saying, please don't do this. Yes. (laughs) His wife's brother. His wife's brother who does not want him to be her to be homeless. Yes. Yes. Please don't be homeless. I'm doing everything in my power to stop this. And it ends with, um, if you build it, they will come a, and, and it just ends in the biggest traffic jam I've ever seen in my life. Um, that's basically the plot. If you want to know Field of Dreams. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's also the plot where uh, he is told by the voice to go find this old author, Terrence Mann, played by uh, uh, James uh, Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. The How did I blank on James Earl Jones? Cinema. The, yeah. greatest the, voice. Voice, the greatest voice of cinema. Yes. Uh, and then, you know, help him overcome like his kind of to say it's kind of about dreams, I guess. But there's like a road trip and they find this old doctor guy who played one inning of a baseball game once and like help him out. And it's like, but yeah, it's nuts. Like <laughs> it's uh, rewatching this movie. Like we were talking about this a bit before. It's like if we didn't have to rewatch it for the podcast, it's one way to watch it. Uh, and it's like kind of nice and charming and like, ah, the human spirit and like regret and the love of the game. And, but watching it for this podcast, you're like, this man is crazy. Yeah. Uh, the people around him are enabling some terrible decisions and, uh, yeah, uh, he should have been stopped. The, uh, the degree of acceptance of this man's descent into madness is also <laughs> so quick. It's so fast. It's, it's so, so fast. He's, he's like, first of all, the movie, the movie begins with a montage, which every great movie begins with a montage, he lied. And then he, as soon as the montage is over, he's in the middle of the field, you know, because that's what farmers do. That's the assumption they all... That's the thing they want to get out in the world is that they just randomly walk amongst, you know, their livelihood. And he hears a voice and he calls out to his wife saying, did you hear that? She says no. And then presumably half an hour later when he's inside, he's like, I hear voices. And she's like, cool. (laughs) (laughs) What do the voices say? What are they telling you to do? And if you build it, they will come. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what drives me crazy? Vague ghosts. Come <laughs> on, ghosts. I want a little IKEA instruction up up to this point. You know what I mean? Oh. Like this guy's guessing most of this movie. If we could get a direct ghost, I would really appreciate that. It yeah. would really save this man some time. Yeah, You're- like maybe uh, s- some ghostly blueprints. Some like. Although I do think he does see. He ho- again. But totally hallucination. He hallucinates the ball diamond before he built it, right? Yeah, he does. He uh, he 
Yeah, any yeah. like dreams, like being at the at the baseball game with Angel yeah. Joe. Like he he does like project in other manners other than this voice. But the first argument I want to make, okay, which is pro pro villain, pro Mark. Mark is the brother that's trying to get him to stop because uh, the bank is going to foreclose his house, and he has a child that he seems to have little concern for. Which is also uh, there's weird. a lot of like there's a lot of balls in the air, right? But the first point I want to make is why couldn't this man wait? just like for the corn to finish like could we not wait out this season and go you know what these dreams can wait a couple of months like how about how about just a little bit of a location scout how about just a little bit of like let's explore absolutely absolutely dreams let's try backyard of dreams maybe let's start (laughs) small work our way out okay why is it field why must we start at field does it make me a bad wife that i want to negotiate i don't think so yeah can shoeless joe jackson play lawn darts can (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. Does it have to be baseball? Do we need the lights that are costing us a hundred dollars a day? Oh my Do gosh! We need them. <laughs> like those lights are mad expensive, and I the first thing I thought when I saw them being ordered in and put up because he obviously had to call somebody in to install those to the city grid is like okay, so Spoke you have to the wear. It's true. They've got to be connected to the, the grid. <laughs> I just want him at that scene down at like City Hall talking with the other guy. <laughs> Everyone's watching him build this field. There's got to be one guy going, you know what? Like, my crops hasn't come in in years. Why don't you use that field? I know it's a little bit of backyard, but, you know, maybe not take out your $2,200 per acre land or whatever the number was. It was, yeah. 2200. It was big. It and was that's in 1989. <laughs> <laughs> that's nineteen big number yeah like this guy mark coming in to fight and be like hey you gotta wake up buddy like you gotta wake up you're not a farmer and his return i know a lot more about farming than you think that didn't make you sound any more like a farmer dude that was not a good argument yeah (laughs) no it was Uh, not and and he's not a farmer i'm sorry and i'm not saying that like if you weren't raised on a farm you can't be a farmer but like he says that basically he goes to college he kind of fucks around for a bit he gets married to his wife annie and like as kind of a i think they even have the kid first and then it's kind of like a wild crazy thing they decide that they're going to move back to iowa and start a farm so like, this is a guy who's like late in life trying to learn how to farm. Which like, is not an unreasonable thing, but like from the montage, which I clearly remember, he was raised in New York. Yes. Like, he, he was very much like, I'm a Dodgers guy. And then the Dodgers left and I like, couldn't fight. And then he moves away from New York out of spite. Now, mind you, if you're going to move out of New York out of spite and go to Iowa, that is pretty damn spiteful. At least LA has <laughs> like a damn city. Like there's, there's yeah. a Starbucks in LA, even in 89, Iowa, there's like what more yeah, fields. <laughs> well, yes. And it's so crazy for that. So it's like, and he says, we didn't never, I've never done anything crazy in my whole life. Well, telling your dad off and running away to Iowa to get married is kind of crazy. Uh, not saying you can't get married, but then like just deciding to become a farmer impulsively is kind of crazy. Not yes. crazy, impulsive. When they say yeah. crazy in this movie, they mean impulsive. Well, He's yeah, actually the word crazy. They use specifically is spontaneous. Yeah, like that's the thing that this is is kind of like launching this guy into this madness. Is that he says like my like the old man like never did a spontaneous thing in his life, and then he says, and this is one of my favorite lines of the movie because I laughed out loud. I'm 36 years old. This is my last chance, and wow. I could not contain myself. 36, dude. You got a couple more swings. Okay, you've got a few more in the barrel, buddy. If you think this is it, done. 36, like. Oh man, you you need to talk to somebody about this. Yes. Well, so so yeah. So from my perspective, I was just taking notes on the movie, and I was like, thirty six, midlife crisis, doesn't really know what to do. And then I was like, yeah, that that all all tracks. And I was like, wait a minute, 
You're 36, Craig. <laughs> I don't have a mortgage. I don't have kids. Like, oh my, oh my God. <laughs> I, I was thinking the same thing because I was like 36. And then I was thinking about what I was doing at 36. First of all, I was outside hugging people. It was just a couple of years ago. Um, and I wasn't thinking about getting, I was kind of thinking about getting married. Yeah, yeah but did you ever like look at everything and go, this is my last chance. <laughs> There's, there will never be another opportunity past this. Everybody knows you evaporate into dust at 40. Yeah. And oh, like, yeah, yes. I never forgave my dad for getting old is another thing that he's saying. I'm just like, man, what wow. a fucked up thing. Like he is your dad. <laughs> your dad's always like, that's the thing. I don't care if you have a, if your dad was 14 years old when you were born, right? I don't care if you are a, you know, a kid of teen parents. If your dad has always been old, right? Yep. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a trademark thing dads do. They get old. They they, they get old and we're old and are always older than you. <laughs> you know what the synonym for your dad? Your old man. Yes, <laughs> you can say that. So like yeah. of all the things not to forgive his father for is like you you were older and you took care of me rather than being frivolous or weird. And Thank you, you for surviving yeah. in America, in New York, in one as, of the hardest times, things to as do. As a single dad, too. As a single dad. So he's got some shit going on with his dad. Um, Definitely. Going, going back to the crops, though, because Rebecca and I were talking about this. Those are mature crops. If you are not from a farming community, (laughs) the point at which corn is up over your head is like July, August. I'm going to say for like September harvest. Like that's, that's the end of the growing season pretty much. Give it a minute. Just give it a minute. Like let it harvest it. (laughs) And the seasons go by. Like he builds the field. Nothing happens for it right away. And then he goes through the seasons. There's a point where he's wearing a sweater, which means like you could have waited. <laughs> yeah, there were Christmas lights. There was like he plows under his fields in the fall. Nothing happens by Christmas. That's the that's the timeline for this. Like it's almost like the ghosts were like, I mean, we're not ready, man. We gave you a few months notice. <laughs> like, I know you don't want to be like digging ground when the ground's frozen and stuff, but that's like an after harvest. October, November before the frost gets into the ground kind of project. It's like if you like, build it, they will come. And he was like, Oh, I don't know what to do. And then the timeline went and it's like the voices could have been like, okay, maybe wait till next season. Yeah. But if you build it, if you they will come. Yeah, or like start a league or something. Like get some money coming out of this field. All right. It was the first thing I thought of was like, oh, why can't little leaguers just yeah. play there? Like, get kids out here, get people playing. It's all about baseball. It's all about the fun and the magic of baseball. Why wouldn't you get other people out here enjoying this? Get get some funds so that they don't foreclose your house. Not only that, but, like, save other father-son relationships. There. Yes. You you like baseball. And that's the other thing that gets me about this build it and they will come sort of thing. Um, for anybody not in North America listening to this, uh, baseball diamonds are not an uncommon thing. Uh, they are in pretty much every, uh, city park. Uh, they are in every schoolyard, like baseball diamonds are everywhere. I'm a 10 minute walk in two directions from a baseball, from two separate baseball diamonds. And this is in Toronto, right? Like this is, this is a major metropolitan area. For sure, the community that he's in has baseball diamonds. Yeah, absolutely. Why can't the ghosts play on that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, because none of the other owners said a nasty thing to their dad about his favorite baseball player. I was like, this is the most tiny thing to be like, well, the last thing I said to my father was that his favorite player was a criminal and I can't get over that. Like, I understand the concept of like, you wish your last words to your, to your parent were better. Okay. I can absolutely understand that desire. Okay. But if you think for a second 
that that person went to the grave being like, fuck that kid. You're wrong. You're just wrong. Okay. They've <laughs> forgiven you. And if they haven't, you don't need their forgiveness. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, that is nuts. But to, to agree with you and jump on it, if your last words to your parents were harsh, take solace in knowing that they do forgive you because you were their child. Yes. His last words were, your hero is a cheater. And if you're holding on to that link, like that phrase longer than the five minutes after it was said, then you have a little bit bigger of a problem than your father-son relationship. Like if you came up to me and you said, hey, by the way, if I was an Astros fan, and I am not, uh, the Astros cheated to win the World Series, which is 100% true, which is another thing I hate about baseball. We will get into like my, <laughs> my real concerns about baseball. If you're an Astros fan and you're like, your team is full of cheaters, if you hold on to that fact longer than like five minutes, there is an issue going on. Most people in Houston have moved on. They're like, yeah, well, World Series is the World Series. They're not taking it away from us. And so they moved on. Yeah. And this goes back to another uh, uh, point uh, I'd like to make. So I have said previously on this podcast that uh, being a ghost is cheating. Uh, and I would like to double down on that. And in this case, not only is being a ghost cheating, the ghosts are cheaters. Like that's the reason they are ghosts. Do you understand that? Like, and, and I, I, I'm sorry, it's like, oh, Shoeless Joe Jackson, like they never proved he took them. They say he took the money to throw the World Series, but they could never prove that he actually did anything to throw it because he was so good. I'm sorry, fuck you. If you took the money to throw the World Series and just threw it badly, that's still that's still the thing that you're not supposed to do. So they, they mentioned his stats. He batted 317, hit the only home run in the series, and like caught a couple of fly balls. And they, they're like, that proves that he didn't cheat. All that proves to me is he probably could have hit 400, hit a couple more home runs, and he was holding back. Just because you don't, just because your numbers are better than average and not terrible, doesn't mean you're not cheating. Right. Just, and and the major thing is that he took money. That's the proof. That's the proof that you need. <laughs> like it's not how it's not how well you throw the game. Like it's, you know. You kept it close. You, yeah. you Point shaving is about keeping it close, not about, like, basically sucking. You have to be in the game to throw the game. Right. So, like, why do these ghosts deserve redemption? Like, they played, they were professional athletes who took, committed a crime and are now just like, oh, man, it should be, would be nice to, to, to be allowed back to play baseball in Iowa. Like, I, I just, maybe I'm not a big enough sports fan to be like, they need some redemption. They just want to play again. I don't know. Am I wrong? You're yeah, not. but I don't think it, or no, like, I don't think you're wrong. I just don't think it's about their redemption at all, right? Like that, th- this is all like a build up to the father. This is all about yeah. the dad, obviously, I think, right? Yes. It's all about yeah. the dad. And I think the most wild thing about this is, is that this guy's like, oh, my relationship with my dad sucks or sucked, or, you know, we didn't have a good relationship. Let me focus on that while he's dead and ignore my own child. <laughs> let me just, let me just put you, sweet child, in financial crisis. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, I'm sorry we don't have food tonight. Your dad's hearing voices in his head. We have to pursue this, okay? I mean, Now shut your ungrateful mouth. <laughs> you're not wrong at all. It- like the difference is like like luckily she's like daddy I'm also into baseball and it's like good because like if she was into anything else it would be the worst relationship but she happens to also be like you know what I also see ghosts which is also creepy oh it is yes so creepy dude like any other movie you change the music at all and you say daddy there's a man standing in the field chills chills oh my god that's terrifying oh my- I can't oh. handle it. It's too much. Kids and ghosts is the worst. <laughs> I lo- there's got to be an alternate scene of that where he goes, Daddy, there's a man standing on the field. And the wife goes like, yeah, go, Annie. 
And then he just goes out in the field and it's just a neighbor being like, turn off your fucking lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to see what the stars, is this? Man. You're like, yeah. it's too much. The light pollution goes for blocks. It's, it's, sh- it's like we're in the country and you somehow set this up to shine right in my window. <laughs> what, why is this on here? But I will say it, it, uh, Annie and uh, his daughter, Karen, almost need to be able to see the ghosts. Oh, no, they have to immediately, otherwise this movie doesn't work. Yeah, because you're like, this man is doing bad things to his family. He is destroying his family. If (laughs) if they don't see the ghosts. Yeah, like his wife is so chill. (laughs) His wife is too chill because she she's going through the paperwork and saying, like, we're gonna lose the farm, we're we're running out of money. Like, what about the land? And then he sees a ghost and she's like, Well, go. I'll get coffee or whatever. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Be. I'll put and on then, a coffee. And I'm almost like, this doesn't negate the point you were originally bringing up. Like, you still have money issues. You just also can see a ghost. Like, these are mutually exclusive issues that you're bringing up. They're like, you see a ghost, you also need money. It's like, honey, you were making very good points. I should listen to you, my partner that I've chosen. Instead, she's like, well, I'm also crazy. <laughs> you know what the point, re- the, the one moment that really bothered me was when she almost fights another woman and her husband barely noticed it. She's like, yeah, but I, I saw a sign while I was in there. Listen to the sign that I saw. It's like, I almost put my fist to a face, man. Can we make this about me for 30 seconds? Can we just make a couple of sentences about how I almost popped a chick? Like, and was like very excited to do so too. Like she was jazzed about almost getting a fight at a PTA meeting. Yes! First of all, a few things about that scene, which I thoroughly love. One, passes a Bechdel test. They're not really yeah. talking about <laughs> Yes. Except it's they true. are talking about Terrence Mann. But they they're are mostly literally talking, talking about, about like, a man. Censorship in art. <laughs> just the subject funny. of their conversation is a character literally named Man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I also think it was like wild that at one point he was like, "Honey, sit down," and she was like, "No." So I love the fact that she like batted him off. But like after all the shit that you put her through about her not like your family running out of money and her indulging your whim about building a baseball diving and playing with ghosts. She's talking about censorship in schools, which is something you know is important to her because she has stood up. And the least you could do is be like, I'm going to let her go. Or I'm going to be like, yeah, honey. But instead you're like, please sit down before you're like, Oh, like, I guess I know what ghost I need to talk to now. Yeah. She's like, she's, She's talking about something that is important that's not baseball, that is school-related. And the Like, one of the reactions is like, honey, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, his dreams are so expensive. Yelling is free. Shut the fuck up. Let me yell. Okay, <laughs> yelling is free. Let me do as much of it as I want. Do you know how much my... If, if the words Nazi cow came out of my mouth, you have to talk me down. Like, my blood is pumping at a level. <laughs> That needs to be attended to, okay? Like, this has got to be about me for a second. Like, that's madness. It has to be. He, he At that point, he needed to stand up, massage her shoulders a bit to mm. get her to calm down just yes. a little without saying the words, you need to calm down. Be like, <laughs> You're so right, honey. You're so right. You're Nobody right. understands. Yeah. You're right. You're fighting the good you, fight. Like, that was a good one. She deserves everything. And yeah. for her to be like, it was a good one. And she does deserve it. Like support her in that moment with 110% of the fiber you have in your system. Just so like, cause it's her moment. You need to let her shine yes. and support her. Absolutely her moment, man. Like, yeah, you got to let her have it. I kind of like Annie though. I think she's a bad Oh yeah, yeah. No, she's the only, I find her so charming and I'm like, this only works with this person because mm-hmm. anybody else would be like, you're nuts. Like to bring it back to the villain, like to give a good example, uh, the first time we see, because I believe it's her family, right? 
Like it's her family. Like it's her brother. Mark is her brother. Her brother. Yes. Mark her is brother. her brother. Right. So we see like not only her brother, but his wife and um, her mother come in. Right. Nicole Sub- Sullivan in the quietest I've ever seen Nicole Sullivan on tape. Like. Yeah. <laughs> so mad they- TV's Nicole Sullivan. Yeah. And they come in and they're like, literally at first they're first her brother. And again, you know, kind of fiery, probably needs to like calm down a little bit. But I also, in the same token, this man is not realizing his situation. You are talking to a person that you very much believe is not in reality because he's plowed most of his field. He even makes the point of saying like, this is really value. Like this is, you can't turn valuable farmland into because this isn't even just about you this is about like land that needs to has a specific purpose that should be used for this purpose and you're making a baseball diamond out of it for people that don't aren't alive anymore okay this could feed alive people okay so let's just get that out and then Mm -hmm. when they get out to the field we see this his family kind of get upset because they're like what you can't see these people and it's like after the first no maybe understand the magic that's happening here and go, sorry, never mind, instead of keep going. Because these people are supposed to be like villainous in their like uppityness. They're like, quit making fun of us. And it's like, I would think that too. Of course I would think you're making fun of me because there's nothing on this field. Yeah. And and you sit with your daughter and watch an empty field like you're, like you're uh, watching a baseball game. And- like he makes the point later on. It's like, you're, you're doing harm to this child because she wants to believe in this so much that she, she buys into her father's delusions because she wants to spend time with her father. Yeah. Right. Um, a couple of things. One, I made a mistake. It wasn't Nicole Sullivan. It's Kelly Caulfield from in living color. And that's my bad. I don't want the internet to come after me um, <laughs> <laughs> because they will. Um, and I should have known better uh, to, Totally agree with you. Like it's like literally like he as a as a someone who has a sister, a younger sister. If some dude was like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna jeopardize our livelihood um, for something that I cannot see," of course, as a protective family member who loves her, I'm gonna come at him with a bit of fury. Like, I don't need to be super understanding to, like, look at an empty field regardless of what they see and understand the value of land and the fact that they may be homeless. Yes. It's, it's not it's, unreasonable. It's basically that the modern equivalent would be if your brother-in-law sold the van, or the, the, his wife's car that she needed for business to go into the fidget spinner industry, right? Like, it's just, why are you selling out your future for what makes no sense to do, right? Like, it's like, yeah. cool, yeah. I understand it, but I don't see any fidget spinners. Yeah. <laughs> They're imaginary fidget spinners. They're legends of fidget spinning. And he even ups his deal too, because at one moment he goes, okay, listen, I've even talked to my partners. I've talked to the bank. I figured out this deal where you can sell us the farmland and keep your house. You can stay on the land. You're you not going to be homeless. You can keep your house. Like he says the words rent free. Yeah. Like take it. <laughs> like in a moment you got to go. Okay. Like, yeah, you have to look at your living, breathing family in front of you. And go, okay, what's going to be the best for these people? Not the man that died. And like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm having dark dreams about it, so I have to like fix this for myself. I'm 36. <laughs> I'm going to die soon. Yeah, obviously. it's about looking forward, right? It's about looking forward and like, what can I do for my family now rather than what can I do for my family back then? Uh, and 36, and, the end of life. Yeah. Yes, and he's the like, end of days. <laughs> if it's like, and he, he points out at the first meeting if you default on the loan, you get nothing. If you buy from us, you walk away with money. Like, God, I wish some of my fuck-ups came with that deal. You know, just like, hey, man, you're really fucking this up. Walk away. Here's some money. Better luck next time. Oh, yeah. You just have to accept that. And even at, like, the very end, and, like, the only point where you're like, okay, you definitely crossed a line is, like, you shouldn't 
wrestle with a child at the top of a bench. Like that's, yeah, that's that kinda, was... that, you know what I mean? That's a little much certainly, but like you can tell and feel his amp up. And I know that's supposed to be like, this guy's losing his mind a bit, but I'm like, no, no. Like he literally says they're cut when the bank opens tomorrow, <laughs> they're foreclosing on your house. You have to sign this now. There, there's no solving this. And the movie solves it by panning out at the end and being like, look at all the cars that are coming. Would it, where do those cars park? Where do, who's collecting this money? How are you charging? What's happening here? This seems like a very like, and maybe it worked out. <laughs> it's like, and it also then- comes fast, right? Those cars are just like kind of there. Like there's no internet. How does he get the word out? There's a magic field that you might see your old heroic baseball players. Well, I think that's the like, that's the magic, right? That's the, that's the, that's draw, the magic that's like, draws people there. Because, like, that's the speech yeah. is, like, they won't know why they came. They'll they'll come and they'll pay their $20 because they lack. It's a great speech. Uh, it, it's James, that's the only logical thing I had. James Earl Jones had a speech about, like, <laughs> about, like, not selling the farm and money will come. And I just got hypnot, like, hypnotized. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah, I would follow that man into battle. Like, oh. it just wouldn't even, you know what I mean? Just one rousing speech. I'd be like, I'm in, let's do it. I'm, th- I'm there. Everywhere the light touches, everywhere the light touches <laughs> is my kingdom. <laughs> cool. All right. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, it's good. It's so, like, that is, honestly, he he is probably my favorite part of the movie. Like, I love his character. I love the the arc that this character goes through because he, like, I love that he put out these books and then, like, he puts out this vibe of, like, don't put that shit on me. Like, people have just been walking up to him for years and being like, I abandoned my family because I read your book. And he's like, please, for the love of God, I can't hear any more of this. Yeah, yeah like, and he- they're just a book. Yeah, well, so originally, uh, that is J.D. Salinger. That's yes, who that's supposed that I knew. to be. Yeah, yeah. so ca- writer of Catcher in the Rye. Uh, but he is apparently a very litigious man, or was when he was alive. Uh, so in the book, Shoeless Joe, he's J.D. Salinger. But in the movie, they were like, ah, he's going to sue us if we use his name. <laughs> <laughs> so it became uh, James Earl Jones, which frankly, I think is an improvement. Oh, I do too. Yeah. I'd watch anything. Yeah, James Earl Jones, wrap it up. I like it. Yeah, I, wanna, I just want to listen to him. I, I just listen to him read the phone book, and I'd be down. Absolutely. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed everything about his arc. I was going to satirize the end when he was, like, super giggly. Um, <laughs> but then I was like, he's super giggly. This is different. I like this. Although <laughs> I love the concept, because, like... At the end, because I have only, I think I've only ever watched this movie once before, and I watched it when I was too young to absorb any of it, and I just never watched it again. Sure. So, like, watching this when he's like, oh, like, yeah, like, I'm going to write a book. I'm like, I don't think you're coming back, buddy. Like, I think they picked you for a reason. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't think there's, like, a return ticket on this. <laughs> like, no. I, uh, I no. also <laughs> was like, that's... I, I thoroughly enjoy the metaphor of him. Like he was old and recluse. He had lived his life. He's like, come, come with us. You're not invited. You have a whole family. He's like, I, I wanted to like, he was basically saying, you know, dude, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm about to die. I'm like, I'm about to crow. This is my last moment. I'm going. And I, I, I saw that metaphor. There was, there is the other metaphor that, that was online, which makes no sense. They're like, they're like, Terrence Mad died the moment he got out of the van, right before he got back in the van, before going to Minnesota. Uh, that's uh, floating around online. But it doesn't make any sense because he shook hands with his brother. And he called his father to tell him that he wasn't actually missing. And like, yeah, he does. A, he interacts with a lot of other people. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You know what I was thinking? How much of a nightmare this guy would be after this movie of like, like our main character here? Oh, because like this guy's like oh like everything's a sign i don't want to live with that guy afterwards because everything is now a sign to this man this man's gonna pick up every hitchhiker he sees he's gonna pick up you know what i mean anytime he's like well it's the universe pushing me this way and it's like well no like not everything's ghosts okay (laughs) (laughs) just 
relax on this. Like, I just feel like every, every, every fork in the road this man has for the rest of his life will turn into some sort of big decision of like, the universe is pushing me this way. It certainly teaches you the wrong lessons about pursuing your dreams, which is pursue your dreams at the cost of everything else in your life. Yeah, yeah. And it'll all turn out fine because objectively that's not how it works, right? Uh, go into the arts, make zero preparations. <laughs> well, and- they also have a lesson in the movie that you don't always have to pursue your dreams. Uh, yes, actually, Moonlight- I did really like that. Yeah, with Doc, uh, yeah. Doc, uh, Moonlight Graham, Doc Graham. Moon- yeah, yeah, Moonlight Graham was like, yeah, I, I, I'm glad. Like, it was like it was probably better. He was a great doctor. He had a whole career. Maybe you need to bend your genes and do what's right for your community. And he was like, yeah, he sort of went up the bat. Like, I yeah. thought at that point, he was like, you're kind of missing a, a really important lesson that's in your face. This guy doesn't regret baseball or anything. He he, he made good on his life. And you're, he's like, yeah, but what would you do if you if you can get back, you know, on a field? And like, I was like. Yeah, take a page from this man's book. Decide whether you want to be a farmer or not. And continue on, like, try and contribute. Yeah. Uh, the line, and I, I do love this, was if I'd only been a doctor for five minutes, that would have been a tragedy. Oh, like, yeah, that's good. That's by the way, good stuff. that's a real guy. And, like, that really happened. Uh, he's a real baseball player. Uh, he played one inning in the majors, and, like, the details are a little different, but then became a doctor who did a lot of good stuff, getting, like, poor kids' glasses and stuff like that. That's a real guy. So it's like, yeah the world would be infinitely worse off without a person like that in it than another baseball player. And yet he was like, but baseball, right? Like you want to wink at that pitcher. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, I'm like, I would have been more on board had we started with one doctor's visit instead of just pitching to a group of farmers. Hey, did you guys, did you guys hear that thing about like farmers hearing voices out in the field, like <laughs> casually? Trying like, to like is- trick them. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not only that, but he went into town to do that quote unquote research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys hear that too, right? Right. Yes. <laughs> That's a thing that farmers he, do. Yeah. He heard her voices the next morning. <laughs> I think I'm going to solve all my problems from now on. It's just like, hey, you guys know when you do that thing? Like, you guys know when your mother did this? And it's like, no, no. I think we've all felt that on stage at one point or another when you're pitching a bit and you're like, isn't this so relatable? And everybody's like, absolutely not. What the hell are you talking about? (laughs) Do you know this universal experience that only you have had? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, no. But like, what got me in that scene is like, He's at home. He's hearing voices. He's like, you know what? No, no, no. Don't worry about it. I'll take her to school. I need to run errands in town anyway. And that was his errand to go, hey, guys. <laughs> yeah. Funny that I'm here, huh? You ever hear voices? What? No, never mind. But you hear voices. No, <laughs> I said never mind. I will say, though, I feel like that's a fairly accurate uh, portrayal of what mental health was for men in 1989, where it's oh, just yeah. you go to the hardware store and you ask other guys if everything's cool. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, just like this is like pre-Google. This is this guy Googling. Yeah. Hey, room, <laughs> you ever and, had this specific, specific problem? Oh, also, like you just heard in the hardware store that someone's hearing voices and you're concerned. Do you notice everyone in that scene just kind of slowly stares and like wildly watches him throughout the store? So there's a point when after he pays and he gets his feet and stuff, he walks out. Everyone in the scene is looking at him like he's crazy, but also like they're condemning him. Like it's not a, it's a very chilling scene. If you go back and watch it, I'm just like, that, that would have made me never mind so quickly. I would have had the most <laughs> awkward joke at that point it's like <laughs> they are not uh welcome in the community i'm gonna put it that way they are not uh, loved in the community let's put it that way both not annie even. and him are looked at as outsider crockpots yes Definitely. that i can see did any did either of you get 
um, get the vibe that this is just one long commercial for Iowa. <laughs> like they yes. say Iowa so much in this movie and they're like the beautiful fields of Iowa like it just keeps like every I felt like they were gonna break out in a song at one moment to be like come to Iowa <laughs> uh absolutely I did I actually wrote down uh the line which is is this heaven this yes, is said more than once always- and they go no it's Iowa and I was like who wrote this movie Iowa? A tax break wrote this movie. A tax, <laughs> tax break. Wrote break for That's sure. what wrote it. <laughs> Iowa wrote this movie. They're like, yeah. I'm heaven. I'm heaven. Uh, is this a- <laughs> Yeah, because that, that line comes up a lot. And they mm. don't let you forget it. And it's like every new character that steps out, is this heaven? heaven? And I'm like, no, dude. <laughs> it's Iowa. Also, I'm going to say this as somebody uh, who has been in a cornfield. Uh, cornfields are not heaven. Cornfields are hell. <laughs> uh, they are humid as hell. They like alternate between so hot and so cold because you're drenched in dew. And corn can cut you. It is, <laughs> it, if you don't wear long sleeves and long shirts and everything in a cornfield, you're going to come up. Cut, like paper cut to hell it is <laughs> cornfields are hell is what i'm saying <laughs> it feels like you've spent the, the summer was it corn detasseling yes yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's there's a reason why a lot of horror films circle around cornfields and ghosts in a cornfield? Shut the fuck up. I'm moving to a new city. Like, you know what I mean? Oh. I'm plowing the whole thing down at that point. <laughs> yeah, you had a vision. I'm seeing ghost men now. I am hopping on that plow. I am plowing in under every piece of corn in that entire county. Just I'm, screaming, there's ghosts in these corn. I am taking that offer. I'm selling the farm. I'm moving back to the city where it is a ghost corn-free existence. Yes, where the only corn I'm going to see is in my own shit. There we go. <laughs> yeah, like I'm going to go ahead and make the argument that maybe you shouldn't listen to every voice you hear. I'm just going to make that argument. Okay, yeah. I don't think you should do that. And I think if you're the brother-in-law of that person, you're probably going to get pretty passionate. You're probably going to get up in there and be like, hey, man, I'm going to shake you, okay? Wake up. The bank opens tomorrow. And, and there's no way. on your house. There's no way they're getting that money from all those tourists by the next day. Not even right? just... <laughs> like like the cash flow like even if there's enough cash flow to sustain this as a business to pay for the land or whatever you're not going to get it by tomorrow morning when the bank opens movie magic <laughs> that's all it's like well we did the pan out so you know what happened they kept it they kept the baseball diamond they're still in financial problems every year the town hates them because there's the Roads were not designed for this traffic. They've got to install stoplights and parking lots. Like the sewage infrastructure alone, that's in the country. Uh, you, you have can't... one bench. You're you on got se- one. <laughs> Where are a... these people sitting? Are is there rotation? Like what's happening? You've got you're getting maybe, more. Maybe I forget. Maybe there was two, but there was no more than two. Okay, certainly no more than two. You do not have room for these people. If anything, they're just going to ruin the rest of your corn. I got to tell you. Um, yeah, I don't think you're set up for this. <laughs> not even just that, but there are some baseballs in that corn. Um, Shoeless that's, Joe that's, hit a couple baseballs into the corn. That's going to fuck up your or up your plow. Uh, probably well, that, not. I mean, they choose up stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm like, I think I know you're not a baseball expert, but uh, it'll probably fuck up your plow here. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Just irresponsibility across the board, and Absolutely. a brother-in-law trying to save the family. Trying He's the villain. Best. He's the he, yeah, crazy. Well, they, that's why he had to toss a kid off the top of the bleach. That's the only way we know he's a. That's villain. That's the only he's way we can know he's a villain. <laughs> You know what's crazy? That that to me comes out of nowhere. Like that's like this guy hasn't been bad enough. We need to make him a little more bad so he realizes and has this like growth moment of like, oh, I can see them now. Never sell this farm, (laughs) which he does honestly switch opinions on very quick. Like he could have been on board the whole time. You know what I mean? At least this is a man of reason. Okay. Yeah. What he sees, he believes. That's a fair point to have, I think. That's a fair viewpoint. 
I also like what he sees and believes. It's true. And this, so this, his daughter is on the ground, lips turning blue. Good job, makeup people. Um, clearly can't breathe, but if you took any CPR, you would know that she can breathe. Uh, she, you're not running to call nine one one. You're stopping, hoping that the ghost of the doctor decides not to play baseball anymore and becomes a doctor. You're like, wait, and you look, and you're like, you gonna do this? You gonna, you're gonna doctor this up? You don't know what's gonna happen when he steps off the field. <laughs> he could disappear forever. He could. Yeah. <laughs> what's because wild? the show was like, I don't know if I can cross this line. What's wild to me is he apologizes to the guy afterwards. He's like, oh my God, I'm so, like, you can't go back, can you? Like, the sacrifice you've made. I would murder 100 ghosts for my daughter. I'm just going to say that out loud. I'm not apologizing <laughs> to any ghost afterwards. No, this is a person. <laughs> so the little girl in front of you, there are no apologies here. Okay. No, also, the ghost of a man who lived well into his 70s and had a full and fulfilling life. Like, yeah. ah, ah, you had your go. You had no, no, your no. go. Yeah, no apologies. A thank you, ghost man, is all that's required here. <laughs> Not even just that, but the rules of ghosting and this ghost thing don't make any sense to me. They picked him up on the side of the road on the way to Iowa when he was already a young person not on the field. Then he steps on the field and can't step off the field, and he has to turn into an old man when he steps off the field. Not only that, wasn't he a younger person when he was a doctor? Like, he didn't have to zoom all the way up to this oldest freaking point of his life. He was a doctor between that young age and 70. Pick any age in between there to be that doctor. You don't have to turn so, into a young like man. You're, you're Except mad that we'd have to recast. Yeah. I'm mad at the logic of it because he stepped off the field and became an old man, but he yes. was still a doctor before. <laughs> Like you know why he died? Because he was over 36. <laughs> that is why that man died. Because that man reached... died at age 40, actually. Yeah. That's what that's what 40-year-olds <laughs> look like in 1989. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think that does it uh, pretty much for uh, Field of Dreams. Uh, maybe time to give our definitive ranking of how big or how good, how big the villain is, how good the villain is. Uh, what do you got, Rebecca? So I've got the uh, wastefulness scale this week. Uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, so for Mark, uh, from running hot water over ice to, uh, <laughs> that's a real one. All right. From, uh, gro- <laughs> from grocery stores, throwing out odd looking produce. I am going to give Mark a food fight. Okay. Because he's a little too amped up. I'm going to give him that, but he did not start this food fight. Okay. He is just a product of it. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'm going to give for Mark. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, you got one? Yeah, so from a scale of like being the cool uncle that loves his extended family to being the tyrant that doesn't allow them on their private boats, I'm giving him a very, very solid uncle that barbecues, but he burnt you that one time. Because Mm -hmm. like he was very much like a little hot-headed and throwing throwing his niece out the bleachers is something I can't get over, <laughs> but overall a pretty solid attempt to like save your extended family for no bad reason. Other than the fact that you saw someone going crazy and those are all the telltale signs of you intervening into a situation where your sister may not be able to get out herself. Like there is a very, very much Stockholm syndrome that you probably think is going in effect there. For sure. Uh, that's great. So I did the, um, uh, I did Mark, obviously. I did the baseball position scale. Uh, so on a scale of left fielder, which I assume is the worst position because that's what I played when I played baseball. Uh, <laughs> that's where you stick the guy who doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, all the way up to pitcher, uh, I'm going to give Mark a, a third base coach. The third oh, base man. coach, uh, because he's just reading the situation as he sees it and is trying to help his sister get a home. There we go. Uh, right? Yeah. I had to yeah. look up what a third base coach did for that one. That is, that is, 
so <laughs> magnificent. Bravo. Bravo. Uh, and before we get to our heroes and villains of the week, where we describe people who have inspired or disappointed us in our personal lives, a few ways that you guys can help out the podcast. So thank you, everybody who's listening. Thank you to everyone who's not skipping over this with that 15 second ahead button. We know you do it. That's fine. Uh, it's still happening. It's still happening. Uh, guys, if if you want to get in touch with us, um, you absolutely can do that. We we take audience suggestions. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at VWR Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the villain was right. And uh, you can email us your suggestions or compliments. Uh, keep the insults to yourself. Uh, <laughs> villain was right at gmail.com. And guys, if you want to help the podcast financially, of course, we have Patreon, like every podcast, we have Patreon. So if you're looking for extra content, you can hit our top tier, you get two bonus episodes a month. We are super loose on us. Um, And we also if you're a Patreon, and you're looking for something specific, we always do our like requests because we're not confined to the villain was correct on that one we can do anything so if you have any requests for that send us send it to us because we are we're willing to cover any movie we'll talk about anything that's what patreon's for you also get um audience choice of course you get a little more sway and where a little more uh a little more options on what we're doing here always seems to be a rom-com we like that we love our patreons <laughs> you guys are kings we love it thank you so much and of course uh if you're looking for some swag and that sort of thing we have merch available so we've got some new cool fresh merch um available at and kick it to craig vwrstore.fromsuperheroes.com uh you can also just on any of our social medias you can hit our link tree and then we've got a merch link there as well. i'm all about you know me i'm all about link tree match like you need to tell me one spot to go and everything better be there because i i don't have the brain capacity for this google us find us once there will be a link in there for everything else you need to find that's yeah, how the network is these days I'm one of these assholes. Somebody told me the other day, they were like, can you believe my father opens up Google to Google something? And I was like, oh my God, I do that. Like I just started melting immediately. Like I'm like, I'm a hundred. <laughs> oh no. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you all know how I work with technology. So there we go. <laughs> uh, so now it is time for our heroes and villains of the week. I've got a, a nice and light one, but a very, uh, very personal one here, uh, which is uh, my hero of the week is our producer, Andrew Ivamy. Uh, so Andrew Ivamy, uh, Andrew, uh, was kind enough that uh he 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 got a ps5 over the last few months and uh was kind enough to take his old ps4 and he loaded it up with a whole bunch of games for me and uh lent me uh the ps4 um but beyond that uh he drops it off like you know we're just social distancing and whatever and he's just like yeah it was really fun like uh it was like making a playlist, like or a, a mixtape for a friend. <laughs> so he's got all these great folders filled with all these like personally selected games for me to play, like Outer Wilds, which I like. I'm still trying to get into, and like, but I've got all this great content, which he's like broken up to like open world games, and like we're sort of joking, like, oh, this slow jams folder is really, you know, really works, really puts me in the mood. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just, I got a lot of really fun games to look forward to. And uh, yeah, so thanks. It's a really nice and kind thing. And thank you. Thank you, Andrew, our producer for my hero of the week. That oh. is so sweet. That, that is, is so, that is a mixtape. That's even yeah. bigger. That That's like almost even more personal than a mixtape. That is that, that. Yeah. Oh man. I love that. That's a good one. That is, uh, that's, <laughs> that's levels of sweet that I think, I knew Andrew is, I know Andrew is a sweet person. I didn't know he was that level. That's like alpha level. Yeah, that's a right good there. bromance. Like that's, yeah. a, that's, a, oh, yeah. that's top tier bromance right there. That's I us. like that. Uh, uh, yeah, what do you, you got for us? Um, my hero of the week is my recent discovery uh, of Irish Twitter. And like, I recently discovered of Irish Twitter. Most people, if you are hip to your social media, you are quite aware of Black Twitter. Black Twitter is hilarious. They they, they support Beyonce. They condemn a bunch of things. Um, what I didn't know was anything about Irish Twitter. I saw Irish Twitter and Black Twitter basically unite online uh, for the for the same scorn. And I spent too much time looking at tweets uh, about how they do not like the monarchy 
And I <laughs> laughed so much. And I, 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 so much joy was there. So much, so much joy uh, in their tweets. So Iris Twitter is my hero of the week. That's a good one, guys. Go have some, go have some fun. Go check out some Irish Twitter. I like that. I like the idea that it's all sectioned. Like that's, <laughs> like you're, you're in a club. I like that. I, I think that's cool. It, it's, it's, it's so funny because it's like, it's like this weird unspoken but pretty spoken section off. And then as soon as Black Twitter and Irish Twitter like met, they're like, you guys want to, you want to hang out? You want to hang out for a bit? Hang out, yeah. Like, yeah. How do you feel about the market? We hate them. We hate them too. All right. <laughs> That's great, man. I've got a, I've got a villain. Um, I think, okay. I'm pretty sure I have told this story on the podcast before, but I don't think I've ever capped it as like a hero villain story at the end. So here we go. Um, and I, to be clear, I am very much the villain of this story. Okay, just uh, I'm just going to front load that. Okay, I am presenting this as I am absolutely wrong. Okay, so basically what happened was I had a roommate that wanted, or not wanted, she got a job at a laser tag joint, right? Got a job at a laser tag place and decided, and was like, okay, I actually have to go train. Would you come with me? Because, like, I am an adult woman. We're going in the middle of the day. Would you mind coming to hang out with me? I can bring an extra person. I'm like, sure, it's Tuesday, whatever. I'm not doing anything. I'll go play laser tag. She's like, okay, great. So we go. And, of course, because it's the middle of the day, this is, like, literally, like, there are only children here, okay? There are no, like, there's no teens in sight, okay? I am vastly older than everyone here. But that's fine, whatever. I'm here for my friend. That's cool. We're here for support, right? But, you know, I'm like, I don't know. I think it was like 21 at the time. I'm too cool, whatever. I go up to the guy and the guy's like, okay, what do you want your name to be? And like at this point, I'm like, I don't care, dude. Like, I don't care. And he's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, dude, like, I don't care. Whatever. Okay, whatever. Like, I don't care. He's like, okay, like, here's your gear. Go in, whatever. And I don't, I can't exactly, to this day, I cannot explain what happened once I put that vest on. But something kicked in and (laughs) I knew they were children going in. I knew that. I saw them. Okay. I saw that they were very small children. A lot of them were with their parent, like whatever. But something happened to me. Something kicked in and I got in there and I just, once I started having some fun, I really, really got into it. Okay. I'm ashamed to say I really got into it to the point where I got like, She must have been four. I shoot this four-year-old and her dad looks at me and says, come on. (laughs) Like I I was like, oh no. And I was like, well, don't get in here if you don't want to play. Right. So I'm like going around and I'm just like going, like I'm I'm hitting it. Okay. I'm really, really into this. Okay. But what I did not realize, okay. I did not know this at the time because I thought it was like, we all get out and then we leave. Okay. I didn't realize there was going to be an award ceremony. Oh no. So I'm, I'm, we're all done. We're out here, whatever. And I'm standing at the back of this crowd. Okay. And I can obviously, I can see over everyone's head. Okay. Because they're half my size. Right. And they put it up on the board and I'm looking at it and I know the top one's me because it is, I don't know, a hundred times more points than anyone else. Like it is so insanely far gone that I'm like, oh my God, no. And they're, so they start handing them out, right? They're like, and in third place, and they call up the first, you know what I mean? Like Princess Pony, like like, the, the names are like child names, right? Like the next one is in second place, Red Crayon. And in first place, I don't care. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then, put, I don't care is the name. Yes. I put I don't care as my name. So not only did I just destroy all of these children, I wrote I don't care as some sort of, I don't know, extra fuck you. I have no idea. So I'm standing at the back and I'm thinking, I'm not going to. No. Mm -mm. No. I'm not doing it. 
this man would not stop until I, he called it out like six times. And finally, like a parting this little sea, I go up into the middle of all these children and I'm really soaking in how small they are compared to me. As I hang my head, accept the award and try not to make eye contact with any parent in that place. I left just so fast. I left like I stole something. That was the most embarrassing shit. And I am most certainly wrong on every level in that experience. My Christ. Because now to this day, all I picture is them still talking about it because it was clearly some kid's birthday. And they were like, yeah, do you remember Timmy's birthday where that adult wiped everyone out (laughs) in pure destruction for no reason? Oh yeah, that was terrible. The kids were so disappointed. We thought we were safe on a Tuesday afternoon. Anyway, that's it. (laughs) Certainly the villain of that story and 100% of that is true. Um, <laughs> where can people uh, follow you guys on social media? Well, I want to just you? say to Darth Vader, thanks for wiping out the younglings. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was real villain energy, real villain energy. <laughs> uh, where can people find me? Yes, uh, your you can find me on the Instagram at Yao Experience. That's Y A W Experience. Uh, that's the same thing on Twitter, uh, where I will be still looking at Irish Twitter. Uh, and then my website, yowexperience.com. In the future, you'll see um, shows, you know, whenever live theater comes back up. Um, though digital theater is coming. So uh, whenever this, later in the future, please look up my website and see when digital shows are happening. Yeah, for sure. Check it out. And uh, yeah, you can follow me at Craig Fay Comedy on Facebook or Twitter. And as always, you can follow me at Rebecca Reads on any platform of your choosing, guys. Uh, next week, look out for we're doing Lilo and Stitch. This is going to be so exciting. Check out Lilo and Stitch. You guys always love a Disney. We're so excited to do it. Um, and as always, this is The Villain Was Right reminding you that 36 is not your last chance. <laughs> The Villain Was Right was produced by Andrew Rivemi for the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as YouTube series, webcomics, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com. <laughs>